I mean, it's because you got like you still got Metro PCS, right? That's why your cell phone service is so shitty. Um, a boost, nah, dude. I'm T-Mobile. I still grandfathered into old school T-Mobile Sidekick Three plan. Exactly. Hopefully, we can get to the show. Let's start the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome into another edition. Jason Spells, New York City. Brandon Edler, Los Angeles. You're listening to What You Heard. Um, Brandon, hopefully his Sidekick 3 T-Mobile holds up throughout the taping of this. B, you had a chance to look at the rundown. What we got on tap for today, my man? Um, can we please lead with the Joker, Morris, Brothers, Beef, probably one of the greatest NBA moments of the season already. All right, so Brandon's talking about what happened on Monday night. Denver Nuggets facing the LA Clippers, Mark Keith Morris. And I always struggle getting the brothers separate because A, they've like played college at the same time, played like on the same NBA team to start their career. Identical twins. I get confused. I'm not the only one. Anyway, Mark Keith Morris takes a late foul on uh, Nikola Jokic. Jokic gets pissed off as Marcus is, well, Mark Keith, I'm sorry, is walking away. Jokic bulls him, runs him over, right? So then. Markeith goes to the ground. It, it looked like a whiplash effect. He's struggling to get up. There's a everyone's getting worked up. Everyone's getting upset. And then on Twitter, Marcus Morris, the fraternal uh, identical, excuse me, twin brother of Markeith, chimes in. And I got I got to pull up the notes on this one because, I mean, this is this is rich right here. This is straight rich. So Mark Marky Marcus Morris, Mook Morris on Twitter says, "You should leave this the way it is." Oh, I'm sorry. He said something about, like, you waited till my brother turned around, noted, as if saying, I'm yeah. going to remember this next time I play you. Well, then he, Jokic is two older brothers get involved. And so the Joker, Jokic is from, like, Serbia, right? Like, it's a different yeah. form of life out there. Like, yeah. these folks grew up in, like, post-Soviet Union. They struggle, and whatever struggle we got in America are not the same. The Jokic brothers... The per- it, just real quick, the perfect reference for anybody who may not know basketball but watches Sopranos, iconic episode, Pine Barrens. I think it's season three, episode nine, where Chrissy and uh, Paulie get stuck out in the woods chasing down a Russian guy. It, like, that's all you need to know. That's that's how I envision the Joker brothers. One of them, don't ask me to say their names. I can damn near do good just to say Nikola Jokic. <laughs> the other two brothers, they some Serbian Slavic stuff my tongue can't pronounce. Anyway, them two boys start a Twitter account. And go at Mook Morris after, you know, Marcus said noted. The other brothers come in and say, you should leave this the way it is. Instead of publicly threatening our brother, your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you. And then they tagged it, Jokic brothers. So then Marcus, you know, he got a, he a real one, right? He got to come out here. Oh, you got the right ones. Believe that. That's what Marcus said. And the Jokic brothers, once again, it's two. So mathematically speaking, we got Three Serbians against two brothers from the United States. Do the math on that. Jokic's <laughs> brothers responded, I don't believe it. I know it. So when Marcus Morris said, you got the right ones, believe that, Jokic's brothers doubled down. I don't believe it. I know it. Once again, there's just moments when you just say, okay, that happened, and we're moving on. That should have been it. I, I, I think if Vince McMahon were to get the brothers in the offseason together, or Triller or Jake Paul, we would pay to see it. Well, like you said, one of the Joker brothers is an MMA fighter, or not an MMA fighter, but he fights MMA. He's like trained and he practices it. So I don't know. I, 
I'm gonna go with the Joker brothers. If I'm laying a bet, definitely the Joker brothers. Morris brothers feel like they just they're, these they're folks. They I mean, got stuff I, to lose. Morris brothers like, are just fake gangsters. Like just like you said about Jimmy. Jimmy getting all hyped in the back. If Jimmy, if you wanted to do something, you would have did something about it. Don't be shouting oh. over on the bench making a big scene. So we were talking about that, right? So like after uh, Markeith is on the ground, he's barely getting up. He's like, you know, he's moving. They had to, I guess, help him up off the court. Now, as you know, the coaches are holding back the strength and conditioning. Everyone's holding people back. Jimmy Butler, like, yo, meet me outside. Yo, meet me in the back. Meet me in the back. Jimmy Butler was on the court when the foul took place. If he wanted to rectify the situation, then he actually could have done it. This wasn't a situation in which he was on the bench and then came off the court because then he would be fined and suspended. No, he was on the court. He could have then mm-hmm. retaliated in the moment. He didn't. He waited until there was enough people around to then say, come get at me in the back. And then they all go to the Nuggets locker room afterwards, which nothing's going to happen. That's the beauty of like Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley on inside the NBA. They, they laugh at this because it's comical. Right. They all aren't really fighting. Right. And that they actually made one of the best points. And, and it's kind of like, you know, the back and forth, like, I think Chuck said it the best. It's like everybody's so focused on Jokic pushing him in the back after the fact. It doesn't matter. Like, if he wasn't instigated that that first thing doesn't happen, like, why are we putting so much weight to the second thing? At the end of the day, Morris made the mistake. He's the one that created an issue. He went too far and he got called out for it in the way of getting pushed in the back. But then him and um, him and Shaq said, you know, perfect thing too. Like, as a man, if you're going to push me, don't turn your back. You turn your back, you're still going to get it. I don't care. That's not my problem. You want out of your way to push me man to man. Look me in the face. Don't put me in a position where I hit you in the back. And then they flashed the, you know, replay of what Shaq and Brad Miller, when Brad Miller gave him a pretty big shove and, you know, Shaq threw a haymaker when he had his back turned to him and very lucky he didn't connect. Otherwise, he might have murdered the guy. I mean, that's that's prime example that NBA players can't box. Like, <laughs> Jermaine O'Neal, right? Not even Jermaine O'Neal. Like Nate Robinson. I just think out. about that haymaker, though, man. That's like still that lives rent free in my head for life. Like he had three or four crow steps into that punch and still missed some, you know, random fan on the floor. Where the hell did that term "rent free" come from? Like it just started this year, and everything no, is rent free, and someone else. Joel em, Joel Embiid, he's been saying that about Andre Drummond for like three or four seasons. It's been around for a minute. It's definitely been over popularized more lately. But that was, I mean, like that's why I love Joel Embiid, his ability to troll people. And I remember when he used to say that about Drummond when he was with the Pistons all the time. He's like, "It's cool, my dude. I just live rent free in your head all day." Seriously, it just popped up, and now I, I it, that term lives rent free in my head. Um, <laughs> look, I mean. It was what it was. Jokic was suspended for a game. I thought it was going to be like three to five, but yeah, it was only one game. There was an instance last year where something very similar happened in the playoffs. I think it was with Patrick Beverly. So they, you know, that's all I kept hearing is it'd be one game because it was way too similar to that situation. Certain players, Pat Bev, the Morris twins, they have that persona that proceeds them as irritants as towing the line, as needling players to get them to react a certain way. We saw it the other day. The funny part about this isn't even the Jokic um, and the Markeith Morris. It's the Marcus Morris and the Jokic brothers. The other two, we're just going to call them N Mm -hmm. and S. That's their first initials because Lord don't bless me to speak Serbian names like that. Um, Yeah, I just, it's comedy. It's comedy. But that being said, them two boys ain't got shit to lose. 
They will put paws on Marcus Morris and then fly back to Serbia and never set foot in America again. And you will not get yeah. them if they touch down in Serbia. So, like, nope. let's tread lightly on Twitter finger shots when people got real ability to handle your ass and disappear. That's all I got to say on that. Um, transitioning from a different beef, right? Like, the Kanye-Drake beef. Like, they've been ups and downs, right? We had the Kanye, the Drake, the certified lover boy, Donda, you know, Pusha T, getting his information from Kanye to shoot at Drake. It's been like four Everything, years, five yeah, years back in the in making. 2018 to now. Yeah, yeah 2018 it's been like, to now. Like four or five years in the making. And so all of that came to a head this week, right? Like, you know, Kanye did the whole thing, drink champions, fantastic. We all discussed that. Everybody saw the clips. So then we see a random video put out. Take a listen. This is Jay and Jay Prince. I'm making this video to address the ongoing back and forth between myself and Drake. Uh, both me and Drake have taken shots at each other, and it's time to put it to rest. I'm asking Drake on December 7th to join me on stage as a special guest to share the two biggest albums of the year live in Los Angeles, with the ultimate purpose being to free Larry Hoover. I believe this event will not only bring awareness to our cause, but prove to people everywhere how much more we can accomplish when we lay our pride to the side and come together. Kanye was standing next to the great Jay Prince. And like, for some of you all don't know who Jay Prince is. He's a Houston icon, first off. CEO of Rapalot Records. And he, I say this about Jay Prince. If shit's hitting the fan, he's the guy you want on their team. Jay Prince, A, is basically putting this whole beef aside between Kanye and Drake. But then, like, Steve Francis is an iconic Houston Rocket. He was on stage in Houston in, like, 2013. Some people bum-rushed the stage, and they took Steve Francis's chain. Do you remember that, Brandon? You remember that story? I do. Yeah, I remember that. So they took, they, they took his chain and, like, yo, you get your chain took. We all know what that means. Mm -hmm. Jay Prince just put out the word in Houston on social media. He said, look, Steve Francis is cool with me. He one of the city's finest. 24 hours. Give me that chain back, no questions asked. I'll be damned if 24 hours later, Steve Francis ain't at Jay Prince's house. Jay Prince is like, I apologize for what happened. Here's your chain back. That's Jay Prince. That is. And like, I'll try and be quick with mine. I don't know if you had a chance to look through that thread I sent you right before the show, but it's like comedian Roy Wood Jr. I sure as hell did. When he sure posted. as hell did not look. Yeah, like, all good. He posted this back in 2018. This was around the same time Kanye and Drake were having beef before because Jay Prince, I think, kind of got involved a little bit. But long story short, Roy Wood Jr., comedian, back, I want to say like 2005, somewhere in that ballpark, he was uh, at a radio station in Houston and they used to do a lot of prank phone calls. You know, that's pretty common like on morning shows and stuff like that. Like, mess with people. So apparently they called up Jay Prince, started messing with him. And he just was not having it. Like, he wasn't impressed. He didn't think anything was funny. He started to get really short with dude, whatever. Roy Wood Jr. obviously started to really feel the heat. He knew, you know, Jay Prince was a serious guy, whatever. So he had to have the DJ, the main DJ for the morning show, call Jay Prince up and basically apologize. Like, yo, dude, we're just trying to have a laugh with you. It's not that big deal. He's like, oh, word. So that's where you're at. And you could hear him in the background tell his driver, yo, turn the car around and gave him the address of the radio station. Roy Wood Jr. said he's never been on a flight quicker than he was after that fact because he was so terrified of what was about to happen. That's Jay Prince. No, Jay Prince runs Houston, but honestly, like, Jay Prince low-key runs rap. Just take a look at this situation, mm -hmm. right? Like, 
Kanye was Mr. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Full of himself in front of Nord. Yeah, he got with Jay Prince and he was looking real humble, my dude. He was looking like real solemn, humble. I think we should come together and show people prepared statement. Jay Prince sat there and looked in the camera. Jay Prince is like your father, right? Like, you know, when you mess up Mm -hmm. and like you mess up, let's say you get in a fight in your neighborhood and your father make you go to your to that person's house and apologize. That's what Jay Prince is in this situation. Father figure rap. I'm not disrespecting Jay Prince, nor would I ever cross Jay Prince. I enjoy Houston, Mm -hmm. Texas. I want to live. Jay Prince, we appreciate all you do for the community. We're going to call this episode Respect to Jay Prince. I mean, that's how much respect we got for Jay Prince. Yeah, you're damn right. Um, it, it, it's funny. I mean, it's funny because literally Kanye was a totally different character uh, on Drink Champions. But Jay Prince is like, all right, enough is enough. We'll so we do it real quick. In this shit. In this shit. Um, we started obviously with some light stuff, right? Uh, but life is short, it's precious, it's sweet. And we learned that last weekend. Well, we, we were reminded of it. Last weekend, uh, Astroworld in Houston, Texas. We now know, you know, eight people were killed at a at a concert, right? Like, there is never a situation in which you should be died, trampled, hurt at a concert. That should never happen. Yeah. Um, but that's what happened at Travis Scott and Drake's performance for Astroworld. I believe that was night one at NRG Park in Houston. And yeah. it was, you know, it's it was it was difficult to watch all the cell phone footage, right? It was difficult to watch footage of kids climbing onto the stage and telling a cameraman, yo, stop the show, stop the show. And no one listened. And you think how many lives could have been saved if any of the cameramen that anyone there was focused on being human and not focused on getting paid. Right. And I think that's obviously the biggest problem here is, you know, everybody, everybody wants to get paid. And, you know, I don't know the ins and the outs, so I don't want to speculate too much, but it's like, obviously corners were cut with safety. You know, anytime you have security that isn't properly briefed or properly trained or anybody from a medical standpoint, that's not properly trained. You know, you've seen account from, you know, one person who I believe was a registered nurse who happened to pass out from, you know, the collision of so many people together. And she had said that there was a lot of medical people there that didn't even know how to do basic CPR. So then you have the average person trying to do it just to be a good Samaritan and they're doing it incorrectly, which is causing just as much of a problem as people not being properly trained. It just kind of blows my mind, man. It's like, I get everybody's in such an urgency to get back to doing stuff like this because of COVID. And, you know, frankly, some of this stuff does feel very rushed. How does it get to this point? How does Travis Scott not realize in the middle of his performance what's really going on? And again, I don't want to point the finger at him too much. That feels like the easy thing to do. But a lot of people I think are. Bigger... He and Live Nation have already had one lawsuit, which you anticipate a right. full class action lawsuit being posed against. Right. Them. Do you do you want to go into like the code names and stuff like that? I think it's important to give a little context to that. So prior to we can back it up a little bit further. So prior okay. to the event, Houston PD. Um, law enforcement officials met with the Live Nation and Travis Scott's team in preparation and, you know, discussed like, hey, this may be a bit too much. Um, We do question the safety that you can provide given the logistics, the amount of people, the layout you have. Clearly those concerns were not taken. So then now we have documented um, articles and stories and communication that prior to this, 
when the Live Nation and Travis Scott teams were discussing, once again, the preparations for this event, they were saying, look, we understand that there's going to be drug use here, right? Like it's a, it's a concert, drugs right. and alcohol are part of it. And so they were saying, if we have situations in which someone is dying or unconscious or um, in dire need of medical help, instead of saying on the radio, hey, we got a kid struggling, breathe, lower heart rate. Don't use that term that could let people listening on radio frequencies know how bad it is. Instead, they say use the, uh, the term like we have a smurf here, which that's disheartening to listen to because it devalues the humanity of someone who's in a medical crisis. They're not a blue fictional creature, but that was the actual written and discussed thought process of this event. Um, but just watching that video, you're just like, who? who is in control here? And then once again, when I saw those kids run to the cameraman who had earpieces on, he had a headset on, he could tell somebody, yo, what's going on? These kids are climbing up here. Like what's going on. Right. And it would have um, been the first time a Travis Scott concert got stopped because of something like that. So it's not like it was unprecedented or anything like this has happened before. Well, and then it, it also says that when reports were coming in of medical struggles, that, I guess HPD had been in contact with the Live Nation team and they were saying, yeah, we're going to end it. And they didn't end it early. They instead let the concert continue on. So like that, that footage of like the golf cart, the medical golf cart trying to make its way through the crowd and Travis like, yo, what's that? And then like kids jump up and start dancing on it. Like that's painful. Like a 14 year old kid died. 14 years old. That's a child. And then right. the reports are now there's a nine-year-old that's nine in either yeah. intensive care or critical condition right now. So like, that's the painful aspect of this. It's like, this really could have all been avoided. And, you know, just to add another thing to this, you know, we, we're, we're seeing videos on social media of Lincoln Park, of Dave Grohl, uh, of with Foo Fighters, of I'm forgetting the other band, where they saw things in the crowd and stopped performing. Mm -hmm. that's the issue with this right like people who are in tuned and observant would notice when things don't look right right yeah it, there's so much to unpack here and obviously we don't have time to go through all of it but it's just it is it's disheartening like you know you hear the story that drake and Travis Scott had no idea until they got the Dave and Busters. I, that's just so hard for me to believe if their teams are doing a proper job of what they should be doing. You know, either they, they truly knew and they're just trying to avoid any kind of accountability or they literally have the worst teams. I worked events not to that scale or anything like that, but I, I just do find it hard to believe that they didn't have a little bit more knowledge, you know, prior to going to the after party, let alone even leaving the venue whatsoever. I think the bigger conversation here is just like, you know, we we're living in this culture where we're so quick to judge and cancel and criticize everybody. And especially brands like, you know, brands that the last year, especially since COVID you go on social media and somebody has the wrong wording towards supporting a, a certain stance. And all of a sudden we're completely canceling the brand when it was probably done by a 24 year old who just graduated college a year ago. And you know, it wasn't intentional. They just didn't have the knowledge to properly put it together. And I get, you know, companies need to step up, be better about that. Inclusion's a big part of it. With that being said, though, like we champion these artists. We literally, like Travis Scott is one of the biggest businesses in the world right now. I mean, last year, he literally brought in more marketing dollars, more brand partnership dollars than any other artist in the world. 
why are we constantly supporting this stuff? Like he clearly, you see the video that obviously came out after this too, that dates back to Summer Jam a few years ago, where he belittles a Summer Jam employee on the stage in front of everybody. He didn't have to do that on the mic. He could have did that in private. The guy worked for Summer Jam was just doing his job and Travis Scott is a complete asshole. Again, I don't know Travis Scott like that, but we've seen enough instances where he clearly doesn't care about people. So you want to talk about canceling a brand because the CEO's values don't align with yours. That's perfectly fine. You have every right to do that. But then keep that same energy with these artists who don't give a flying fuck about your health, about whether you're alive or you're here or not. Ultimately, all they care about is taking that money out of your pocket and putting it into their pocket so that they can continue to get the Lamborghinis and have sex with Kardashian girls and stuff like that. Like, that's the part that like really puts me off the most. And maybe I'm just getting old and quite a moment to have on a show like this, but I just can't stomach it anymore. Like I have a very different perspective of Travis Scott. Now I've had a very different one about Drake for a while, because frankly, I feel like his bullshit's been perfectly visible for quite some time. It just doesn't move me anymore. And it, it kind of like saddens me that like, this is what people aspire to be. Even Summer Walker with her album, like you, nothing, you know, the last seven days, anytime I jump on Instagram stories, I'd say nine out of 10 girls have shared some kind of meme about her sharing her music, whatever. Like she's sitting here just completely going in on a man that she had a relationship with belittling him completely. And it's not to say that he doesn't deserve it to a certain extent, but you knew who that guy was. You continue to develop the relationship with him, tried to use a baby to keep the relationship together. And now you got everybody brainwashed that he's this bad person. You're this good person when you're just as much a part of the toxic element that makes this look so bad, that make relationships look so bad. Why relationships are in such poor situations at all in our society right now. Like it's just constantly supporting things that it's just not justified. I don't get it. Ran over. And that has been The World As We See It by Brandon Edler. <laughs> Honestly, I just sat back and let you go on that one. I did. Summer Walker, no clue who she is. Like I, 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 I am that guy, right? Like who? I am Snoop on on that on that episode of The Breakfast Club. Who? Like, I don't know any of these people. They're always like such and such celebrity star. Like, I miss the old day. Old man ran for Jason. Um, I miss the old days when like everybody, we all understood who the star was, right? Like, oh, this is a, this person's a star. Like 85% of Americans would be like, yeah, we all agree that person's a star. Now, I have no clue who she is. Don't know the song. Don't plan on listening to the song. Can't tell you any song she got or the dude she talking about. But it said you. She's dope. Like, don't okay. get me wrong. Yeah, it's it was, it's it just like the narrative. I'll, I'll let that, you get on your rant. It set you off. I was it's the of narrative that, that. But I ain't got no yeah, clue. It's who the just hell the she narrative. Is. Like I said, she's dope. It's just the narrative that people continue to push. It's just the the way that people pick and choose facts that matter versus ones that don't. It's just bizarre to me, and it's no different than the political landscape. People do it with you know pop culture all the time. I think I talked about this in one of our earlier episodes, but it's like follow so many people. And, you know, nine out of 10 of their posts on Instagram stories are talking about positivity and self-love and becoming a better person and all that. And it's great. I really hope that that's truly what people are pushing for. But then when three seconds later, you're posting images of J-Lo and Ben Affleck getting back together when Ben Affleck's had a history of not being so great to women, what are you really standing for? Do you want to look cool? Do you want the shiny object? Or do you truly want to be a better human being? Because the conflicting things that you do nonstop, are, it's, it's just a lot for me. I just don't get people. Like, I feel like Dr. Manhattan more and more every day. I feel like I'm getting further and further from humanity. Like, I just don't understand it. I just don't care.
Another rant I don't get. I have no clue who Dr. Manhattan is. Oh, man. You got to watch Watchmen. Never seen it. Watchmen. Live, live in my world where you greatest. just don't pay attention to stuff. This is everyone's always like, man, Spells, you seem so put together. A, I'm not. So I'm not even a lot of y'all. I am. He's and not. then B, I just tune stuff out. Like, I don't watch all the shows. <laughs> I can't watch all the shows. I can't pay attention to all It wasn't the movie lines. that came out like 2000. Well, it's obviously an old comic book. I'm not a big comic book movie guy. Like, I like the Christopher Nolan Batman. And then I like the Zack Snyder Watchmen. And the Dr. Manhattan character, I mean, he's just, I think he's one of the best comic book characters, even though I'm not super knowledgeable about Let it. Let me show you how limited I am with all want. of that superhero comic book stuff. I have seen one Marvel movie. One. And that's Black Panther. And that's because, I'm, that's because I'm me. That's the only Marvel movie I've seen. I ain't even seen Iron Man. That came out like 30 years ago, damn near. Nope. Mm -mm. I haven't seen that either. Black Panther. Like I say, guess what? And how about this? The next Marvel movie I'm going to see, it ain't going to be The Eternals. It's going to be Black Panther 2. Respect it. Hey, appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, yo, I'm going to be a couple hours away from you this weekend, man. Going out, once again, Arizona. Uh, Panthers, I told you a couple weeks ago. Just be respectful. Hey, we don't have Darnold this week. Hopefully he, gets, hopefully he comes back healthy uh, because of his shoulder. I still don't think he should be our starting quarterback, but he's a human being. I want him to be healthy. Um, but, yeah, just be respectful. Don't get, don't get blown out by the Cardinals. We'll see y'all back again next week. Peace.